And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Julia Mustafim, who had a profound experience of leaving her body after an accident and returning with the knowing that she was somewhere for a very long time. Julia, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So um, did you want me to tell my experience? You can start from the beginning. Okay. So I was young. Um, It happened when I was growing up in my house with my parents. And I am one of four girls. And my father just uh, finished a a project of of finishing a deck, except the spokes were not put in. And my family decided to enjoy lunch or just sit and enjoy the deck, even though it wasn't fully done. And the oddest thing was that when I went to sit down, the back legs of the chair were halfway off the deck. And uh, as my as I was sitting, my one sister said, Julie, don't sit. But I was already going down and uh, everything went into slow motion, which is interesting because I don't think I was fully consciously aware of what was to come. But I started to fall and it was actually two stories up. And I remember the last thing I saw was my other sister up in her room, waving slow motion to me. uh, And I was out. So I actually fainted or went out before the impact. Um, And I slid and I I flipped backwards and I fell onto cement. Um, And even though this incident happened in seconds, I had a profound experience where I left my body and I did go somewhere for a very long time. But what I consciously remember, which is a gift to me, is I was looking at my body and I remember having to focus on my body. And even though I was a little girl, I kept repeating, I'm not done with them yet. I'm not done with them yet. And I remember feeling this immense, I'm getting chills just saying, immense love of light behind me. And I knew that if I, as warm as it felt, it was very powerful. And it was almost like, in a way, I felt like, almost like part of my body was already becoming one with it, to be honest. But I knew, somehow I knew I had to stay focused on my body. And I was repeating, which I think is an odd thing for a little girl to repeat because I'm not done with them yet, you know, not I don't want to leave them. I'm not done with them yet. (laughs) And um, I felt this beautiful. And honestly, even though I didn't turn to it, I felt like a very um, large light of angelic energy. To me, I equated to a feminine energy. And um, I knew if I gave into it, I knew I would not come back because it was that it was such a powerful feeling of warmth and love. I don't and I, I don't know how people go to that and come back. Obviously, they have a mission, but I knew that I couldn't fully turn to it. So I stayed focused on my body, repeating that. I'm not done with them yet. I'm not done with them yet. I'm not done with them yet. And then before you know it, I am back in my body. And I always equate it to like, um, when you see a fish flopping on the deck, you know, it's like a fish out of water flopping on the deck. I think of it that way because 
you go from this expansive love energy and then you go back into this tiny little body. So for a moment, I experienced this expansive energy and I only knew I experienced that because when I went back into my body, it was very jolting. It was like, oh my God, what, you know, it was such a contrast. Um, so right away, I see my mom and dad running towards me. My mom is hiding her face thinking, you know, my head's gonna, you know, something terrible. And um, my, they were just erratic, obviously, you know, and uh, picked me up. And the first thing I said to my mom is, wait, where I, I went somewhere. And she remembers to this day, I kept saying to her, I went somewhere for a very long time. So I consciously remember looking my body and feeling that love. What I don't remember is this humongous chunk of, I went somewhere uh, as if I had a whole nother life or what something. And I don't know for sure, but it, and I can't access it. <laughs> so, um, but um, it really, my experience just started there because after that incident, my entire everything changed. I wasn't the same. So I did become one with the light, I think, because what changed for me was it wasn't easy to be back in human form because I became very much connected to everything and everyone. So I quickly would almost become other people. I'd feel their pain immensely, like beyond just a regular empath, you know, I would I would know things and then I would start seeing, I started seeing things. I saw spirit. I saw, I believe, you know, from my experiences and researching things that I have experienced, sometimes I think I'm seeing altered realities. Um, so a lot has changed since then. So my experience was quick. I wasn't on an operating table where I flatlined, but I definitely left my body and came back. And my story really begins there. and then. After that, it was, um, what is very odd about this is I did not even have a bump on my head. The only thing that I had was a scratched toenail. And, and it was really odd because I fell two feet onto concrete. I didn't bleed. I think my head was not busted open. There was not one speck of blood. So I fainted. I don't remember the impact because remember I was gone before, uh, before I before falling. I I went up, saw my sister waving, and I was out. And that's where that big chunk of time is talking about. And then I'm going back into my body. When you say you fainted, do you mean you went unconscious for a while, a second, first, well, and then left your body, or do you feel like you just immediately left your body? My parents always said to me, you fainted. So I think that is their way of understanding what happened. But I don't, I feel like I was gone then. Like I went to that space. I'm using the word fainted because that's, it's interesting. That's just what I was told by my, you know, I was a young girl. So that's what I've been told. And so it's part of my story. But it's funny you asked that because just today I was reflecting like, I really wasn't fainting. I left. I I left, but you know, my parents, well, how would they explain that to me? You know, um, and my mom could understand when I said I went somewhere for a very long time. 
Um, she Maybe. wouldn't let me go to sleep that night. I remember she was afraid I would go into a coma. Uh, but, um, she didn't understand why I kept saying that. Maybe from their viewpoint, it was fainting. That's exactly. all they, they could see, but that's you all just they can left. kind of, you know, my, my parents, it comes more from logic, you know, so they couldn't, they were trying to understand how their little girl just gets up from an accident like that. Not a, let alone with no broken neck, no twisted ankle, nothing. It's kind of jolting for them, you know? Um, so the, I think they didn't want to freak me out as well and make it seem like it was some really weird event. But, um, you know, it was, it was weird. If you could put a time period for how long you experienced being gone, how oh long do you think that would have been? Like, it's so hard for me because I say what I say is almost like a lifetime. When I said that right here now, I got no even beyond. Like, and on my spiritual journey, I realize there's no there's no real time. You know, there's only the now. So I'm on that journey. But there's I instead of me saying I was gone for such a long time. Now on my journey where I am today, I almost want to say I have. I have forgotten so much, you know, like it seemed like in our real time, I feel like I was gone for a long time, for a very long time somewhere, like almost like this became the dream, like, oh, wait a minute, you know, um, and that's frustrating for me to this day. Um, and I still joke with my family and I say, sometimes I wonder if I'm like somewhere in a coma after that. And this is the dream. You know, I do, I do say that, like, I do wonder, cause I have odd things that happen to me where I hear a little girl saying mommy to me all the time, or, um, I have odd things happen to me, which make me feel like I'm not fully, I'm kind of in between here and somewhere, you know, um, which is why I'm able to help people. But, um, I can't even put an amount of time. All I know is it wasn't just, I was there for a minute. I, I experienced so much depth. Let's just say that depths of something that I have forgotten. Do you think it's possible that you went to a place that is beyond space and time? Uh, absolutely. I was, you know, when I think of it, it, to be honest, whenever I think of it in it, since, since the accident, I always would see dark space, you know, like somewhere in dark space, dark matter, you know, like just somewhere. Um, and I've had that visual ever since I came that ever since the incident, but there's like this substance to it. There's this knowledge, there's this depth to it, I guess, that I miss most. You know, like I, I feel is important. And, I, and sometimes I think I'm here right now and this is why I get kind of super um, obsessed over spirituality is I think I'm kind of on a quest to figure it out. <laughs> so it's kind of part of my journey. Um, it's just, I know it's some, it's something I really desire to remember or to access or to, you know, I'm inquisitive by nature, but um, it was something more than just a, a fleeting moment. You ever joke with your family like, hey, I'm still not through with you yet? Yeah, all, all the time. I go, I came back for this. No. <laughs> <laughs>
this is what I know. But it just seemed like an odd thing to say as a little girl. And, you know, where I am right now in my life is I have helped them, you know, I and I have done, I didn't know that at that age that I would. There is a part of my story that's odd. Um, and I'm trying to, re- I can't give you the exact time this happened, but um, I saw a, a vision and I grew up being Catholic, but I mean, I'm not, I'm spiritual, not religious. And, uh, you know, love Jesus, but I don't think of him as um, even religious. You know, I love the stories of him and stuff. Um, I'm a real, I'm one of those where like, why are we calling him Jesus if he wouldn't even be called Jesus back then? <laughs> like, I like to keep it as real as we can. But I did have an odd experience that uh, I think might tie into the experience I had. It was a Sunday when I fell off the deck and I had now my family probably would say you you know you have an act it was just a dream i feel i know what i saw and i saw jesus standing in my room and he had his arms open kind of like the typical picture you would have and um and i say this like i don't know what this means this could just be whatever but he was standing with his arms open and he said to me i remember this vividly because i had a bright yellow room And he said to me, you're going to die on Sunday. And he opened his arms. He said, but you're going to be okay. And he wanted me to go into his arms. Heck no, I wasn't going to go in his arms. And I didn't. I got very scared. And I remember being on the phone with my friend Sunday till midnight to make sure I didn't die. Like it was a crazy uh, experience I had. And I realized it was a Sunday when I fell off the deck. Um, So sometimes I wonder if that was just a way of telling me, you know, death of a different way. Like maybe I, a part of a path of living, maybe that was uh, ending in a new path beginning. Um, But it was interesting how he specifically said Sunday and he said, you will, but you're going to be okay. And it was a Sunday, you know, Um, but um, the reason why I bring that up is I've had so many odd experiences since this. So wherever I went in that dark time space of whatever, um, I have accessed or opened or uh, I have access or a portal to something because I physically see things with my eyes. I, um, I've seen, you know, I'll, I'll see spirit with my eyes walking, you know, not every day, all day, but it usually catches you when you're, you know, not expecting it. But shortly after that experience, I saw a dark haired woman just as solid as can be walking up our stairs. And I, the reason why I bring this up is it was a weird experience we locked eyes and it was like a deer in headlights. We were both so like shocked to look at each other. And then I ran into my, after it felt like, I felt like we were looking at each other for like five minutes. But then um, once we locked eye contact and she was wearing a long white nightgown, like 1800s, walking up the stairs. Now my house isn't that old, so didn't make sense. Walking up my stairs and her hand on the railing. I remember everything so, so solid, like a person. 
And then I ran into the bathroom and I hid there for two hours. But the point of it is what always was in the back of my mind was she was just as shocked to see me as I was shocked to see her. Something about it didn't feel like a typical ghost sighting. What I'm saying is I think that there was a blending of realities. There was a, uh, a piercing through there's um, yeah. You know, like it was not, it was, it was startling for both of us. Perhaps you were a ghost for her. A ghost for her. And she, and then I would have vivid dreams of being in this woman's house that I thought was my house. So it kind of continued, but this experience was something I saw as solid as, as anyone, you know, she wasn't transparent. She wasn't floating. She was a woman walking up my stairs. And the fact that we both acknowledged each other and we both were shocked and exactly what you just said, I started to wonder, was I a ghost to her? You know, it's kind of crazy to think like this, but possible. Now you practice QHHT, right? Yes. My experience kind of, like I said, led me down a path of crazy experiences, but also my inquisitive mind of what is this about? So um, quantum healing hypnosis is, and I'm, I'm, you're familiar probably with Dolores Cannon. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so it's a technique, I know, to go through what it's about, but you go through your past lives, but then you go to um, what I like to call the God lights, the light of um, your spirit, your all-knowing self. So it's a really cool technique, but I, um, I really think that at this stage, it's almost like, yes, past lives are kind of fun to, to mingle in, but I want to get kind of to the, um, to that, to that all knowing this, what, what is beyond this life? What is more than this physical form, you know, and past lives are important because you do need to heal and learn your lessons. And I do agree with all of that. But there's something really fascinating to me about that, that, that level where you do go through, you know, when you die and we're the in-between lives, you know, so all of that is really interesting to me. And again, it could be because I'm trying to access this, this, this big chunk of time that I, I experienced. Well, why don't you have somebody regress you through the experience? You know, now that there's more people certified, um, I got this a while ago. So now that there's more people certified, I think I would love to do that. Yeah. Do you feel like the light is God? My experience with God is that we are, and this is how I explain it as just, you know, if it resonates with other people is we are like shooting stars from the great light. Like we are elements of God, but there is of course, home within this love God space where we all, it's where I work. This is where I do my work. It's, it is the only reason why I'm able to help people is from working from my light because my light is your light, which is the light of all. And that is where I access my information. Uh, and there's people who can go to other ways and I would say, don't go there. <laughs> You want to always work from from the light. Um, so I feel that we are 
brothers and sisters, one, you know, we are all together in that light. So no matter who's your so-called enemy <laughs> in this life, you know, they're merely playing a role to, you know, awaken you really, because um, on a soul level, you are one. I mean, you are one. And I know, I know this because it is why when I had that experience, and I do feel like almost like part of me was already sucked into that light, because when I came back and I'm able to feel people so immensely, like just know. So for so long, I would talk to someone and I'd start to get like a movie in my head. And I just thought it was what my parents always said to me, you have an active imagination. That was their thing with me. I'm I'm too sensitive and I have an active, you know, this is how, how it was. But um, the reason why I bring that up is one day, I just said to my friend, you know what? I have the same little movie in my head every time I talk to you. And then I told her it. And it's like, she's like, oh my God, that, you know, it was a, for her, it was a specific thing in her family, whatever. But, but I'm like, so you mean like these mean something, these vision, these little stories I'm getting in my head mean something. And then the other thing is I thought everyone had that. I really did. I thought that, you know, you know, everyone had that going on. I, I am dialed into many different stations. Like um, I'm very tapped into many things, you know. Um, I work with energetically sensitive kids who are labeled ADHD, autistic. They're very, very, very evolved. They're very tapped into energies and they're misunderstood because we're catching up to them. We need to understand, we need to, we're evolving, you know? And um, I, I love to work with them because they're so telepathic. My children are so telepathic. Um, so the reason why I went there is, oh yeah, so the light is where we all really, we all reside in the light of love, light of God, whole and complete. So what better place to, um, to reunite, you know, and we can do this in meditation, but also don't forget every time you come and you help someone from your heart or you're just in a state of bliss, you're already united with everyone. I don't think there's such, there's no such thing as death. Absolutely not. That is a gift I did get from that experience. There's no such thing as death. What I do know is this life, not saying it's insignificant because I don't want it to be misunderstood. This life is significant. You know, you, you love your children, your family, all that. Very significant. But what I do know is it is one grain of sand one grain of sand doesn't make it insignificant because if all those grains of sands were insignificant, you know, there'd be no sand, but one grain of sand in the grand scheme of things. Have you ever noticed that any one of your clients described what they saw as being the same thing you saw on the other side? So with my clients and I do different types of sessions, but for the quantum healing hypnosis, they go into a space of, um, and some have different experiences, but overall the same lesson. And their voices come very monotone. It's very matter of fact. This is beyond their past lives now. Um, and they do go to a space in which it is a dark holding space, whatever, but they do have a review of their life and all that. But what is common amongst all of them is a sense of peace there's nothing to worry. And actually what I just said, oh, 
that's right. There's no such thing as death. Oh, that's right. Like, you know, like that. Could I have just experienced that? Maybe. Uh, to me, I have this knowing that there was something else. I did have a session with someone who told me, and I'm not too familiar with this topic, but they said that when I had that experience, um, a walk-in took my place. I don't know if you're familiar with walk-ins, yeah. but I always had a negative connotation with it. Like I've heard some stories about Nick, but she said, no, not negative. There's different versions of, there was a different, different versions of me, higher vibrational, more wise ones. And one kind of almost like handing the torch over. Maybe that's what happened in that space. But she said, I came back different. Um, so but in the quantum healing hypnosis, it is all beautiful what they all experience, whether they are um, just seeing dark space. Some people are seeing a movement of color. Some people are the color. They're just the way of energy. A lot of people are a star. They're, you know, they're, they're just in this beautiful space. But one common denominator is they are peaceful and they know that there's nothing to fear, nothing to worry about there is nothing um, to try to fix even that ultimately it comes down to love. And again, that's really the only thing I think that's real is love. I do. And I think it's, it's what binds us all together. Even though you didn't mention it, did you get the sense that possibly there were other beings around you? Okay. So yes. I did feel, even when I was sensing that light, I felt, I felt energy of beings. And one specifically, like I can remember to this one very strong feminine one right here. But um, yeah, there, there definitely, I feel were uh, lots of beings. And in fact, um, before I had that experience, I don't have many memories when I was very little, but I do have a few memories when I was, and that's why I said in my bio, I don't know if all of this was caused from my accident, but, or if I was just born this way, but I will say that there have been uh, a few times when I was very little where I, I sensed beings in my room. I mean, I remember when I was in the crib and, and talking to some, like there was beings in my room. Um, also, there's another experience that I don't know, maybe if you you are familiar with this feeling or maybe one of your viewers is moments of intense awareness. There would be moments where I'd be like, oh my God, I would look at my hands and be like, am I here right now? Is this real? Is this, it was, it wasn't a lot. It was almost exciting. Like, oh my God, I'm here right now. Like an immense awareness that I'm in this body. And I'd be like, whoa, what, where? And it was last about 10, 20 seconds and then it will go away. Um, I would have that a lot as a child uh, and it was weird. It would be like, oh my God, like you knew it wasn't, not that it wasn't real because everything, when you say something's not real, I feel like it deflates its um, importance, you know, but almost like this is a role you're playing. Like, like I knew I'm not the body. Like I would have moments where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in this thing, but this isn't me you know? Um, and it's cool because having kids, I've had two of my kids out of nowhere. They were drawing one, one of my kids was drawing and in the middle drawing, he dropped his pencil and he goes like this. And he's like, mom, 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 am I, 
is this real right now? And I'm like, oh my God, I know what you're at. Have you experienced that? Maybe. It's hard okay. to really say. I've been in present time so much. It makes your environment seem really almost strange in a way because, well, I think My a lot. Yeah. yeah, because we're so, we're either thinking about the future or the past yep. so much yep. that when you're exact, you know, completely here, it's. I know. would say that that is, a, it's close to that, that total awareness of the now and being like, oh, this is, this is what it is. There, there's no past, there's no future. It's close to that with a level of you're not just the body. Do you think it's possible that you planned this experience pre-birth? I definitely feel it's not possible. I'm pretty certain of it just because my life is unique. I have very unique kids. I have a son that I have four very, very gifted boys incredibly telepathic. They all had really interesting abilities. My one son has healed in front of my eyes, like a full blown healing that also altered my reality instantly. So given that I had some strange things happen, and then I have a child now that's showing me what's possible, you know, and it's interesting because it's not him saying, and he was, you know, when, if this first happened, he was like eight, he healed my son's eye. My son had a sty that his eye was closed. And we went to the doctor and they said, well, you know, massage it two weeks, warm compress, you know, typical. And my son comes to me and it with a smile and he goes, I'm going to heal it. And I'm like, going to heal it. Well, this was kind of, this was before my real kind of like spiritual, my conscious spiritual, you know, journey really. And I was going through some hard times with my son because he's different, you know. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, I'm going to heal it. And I go, oh, I thought it was so cute. I said, oh, okay. I go, well, good, Sam. And then I got, you know, into making dinner. Only a couple minutes went by. He comes up to me with a smile, almost like, I still wonder if it was him or something, but a smile. He goes, I did it. And I go, you did what? He goes, I, I healed Ronnie's eye, my, my younger son. And I said, you healed Ronnie's eye. And I ran in in that moment, there's no explanation. It was like, it was never there. It wasn't that it was gone in red. It wasn't that it was a little better. It was like, it never happened except there's a tiny freckle exactly where it was. And, and he has it to this day. So there's these things that happen that, you know, like when you first have a child, that's an alter, you know, your life is altered the moment they put that baby in your arms, right? This is one of those moments where you, you shift to a different, you can't, your, your life is forever shift. Like, I don't know in how or why that happened, but he literally healed my son's eye instantly. And I asked my son, I'm like, what did he put his hand? And I, you know, I teach my son that he just put his hand over. He said it got warm. And then that was it. One minute it was gone. I don't even know if it was my son, Sammy is what I'm saying. Maybe an energy came through him. I don't know. But what I'm saying is he has shown that over and over and he has been a huge part of my journey. So when you say, did I uh, plan this? I do think I planned it. I think there's a lot of factors involved. And I think that maybe I had to leave my body. I had to go wherever I went, maybe to prepare myself for the journey with my children. What inspires you about your experience? Um, 
what inspires me is that, like I said, I was given the gift of knowing there's no such thing as death. And as you know, we're in a time where there's a lot of fear arising, a lot of stuff surfacing, right? And to be able to calmly say, you know, not just say, I don't think that there's death or I don't, to, to have an experience to share so that people can take away a sense of peace around a piece around their own mortality, or even if they lost someone, knowing that they are still with you. The best way to unite with your loved one is to come to the space of now and come to the space of knowing that in this now, all there is, is love. And that might not be under, like if someone's new to that, they'll be like, no, there's war, there's this, there's hate. That's what I'm saying. But you get what I'm saying, right? Coming to this space right now, what's real? The rest are stories. They're, what is real is this now and, and, and this love. Meditation, of course, um, really just talking to them. One thing, because I do, can, I have the ability, obviously, to connect to loved ones. And the very, the biggest message they want is talk to them. They're, they're not gone. A lot of people say, why don't I hear from my relative? Why, oh, why don't they come to me? It's not, they cannot, they're always with, can't not not be with you. What I'm trying to say is they're always with you. They can't not be with you. The issue is you're not a vibrational match. So come to the space of now, be still, love yourself, gift yourself with taking care of yourself and gift yourself to this moment. And if you do that, if you show up for yourself and in the space of now, and that's love continuously, you will feel them. You will see them. You will have such beautiful experiences are so vivid that it'll bring you so much peace in knowing that they have never left. If you had a friend that was grieving over the loss of a family member or a loved mm -hmm. one, what advice would you give them? First, there needs to be an honoring of the human self. So my first advice is honor this human suffering. We're not here to be just we're in physical form, so we must honor it. It does hurt to lose someone. It is, it is probably the biggest pain you're going to feel as a human is to lose someone you love. So honor yourself and allow yourself to, to have those moments and break down, get angry, get mad. Like writing, I think is a great tool. You know, a lot of times I deal with a lot of people who unfortunately have relatives who have taken their lives because I deal with a lot of sensitive souls and um, sensitive souls tend to um, turn to drug, alcohol, things like that. And um, a lot of times these sensitive souls uh, that I work with, they come from, they come out of it. They, 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 they develop their knowing that they're an empath, they have a gift and how to but a lot of times they're married to sensitive souls and they're not on track and then they end up taking their lives. And so since I deal with a lot of people who have taken their life or overdosed, um, it is one of those moments where you have to go, okay, you have to allow yourself to be angry, angry that they left you with your kid, they, angry, you know, allow yourself to be sad, angry, confused, allow all that stuff because if you don't allow the human you to release 
then you won't you won't really be able to access your true self, which is that light. Now, in that light, you will unite with them, but it's the knowing that you're already united. You can never not be united, but they need to go through that human suffering. So if someone just lost someone, I'd say, take time for you. Don't try to um, people please, you know, or try to, you know, overextend or overload your schedule. I would take a lot of time to yourself. And then start to develop your new, because the journey doesn't end. That's a big thing that they always want to say. Just because someone dies in your life, your journey with them changes, but it doesn't end. They're taking your hand to a journey. And most of the time, nine nine out of 10 times, that journey is so beautiful. It's the journey to your awakening. It's the journey to your knowing that there's no, it's a beautiful journey. I'm getting chills because it's like, you have to honor the human suffering, but the next chapter is so beautiful. The journey never ends. It changes, but it doesn't end. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's the best way to reach you? I would just say probably email. Um, Julia at uh, a sacred awakening.com would probably be the best. All right. Or Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Um, my name is kind of complicated. So I have it as Julia Kathleen or a sacred awakening, um, is my Facebook page. They can always send me a message there as well, but I'd love to love to answer any questions. Cause I feel like we all have a specific journey. Uh, that is about helping each other. And you doing these podcasts is a way of helping each other. My experience is a way to help others, you know? So um, I think that it's important, especially at this time that we all, you know, rise to this occasion and, and, and guide each other back home. That one message I said in my bio that is, was really profound in meditation. I got heaven is not a destination. It's a vibration. So you know, it's, it's accept that means heaven is accessible in the here and the now, which means uniting with your loved ones is also accessible, but yeah, peace is accessible, not just reuniting with your loved ones, peace is accessible, you know, self-love, um, uniting with people who you can't be with physically is accessible. It's just beautiful, the spiritual journey. And I'm so, so blessed that I had that experience because I'm not sure I would be, um, you know, this deep within my spiritual journey without it. I'm going to pause right here for just for a second. Is there anything else before we finish up? Is there anything Mm -hmm. else you wanted to talk about? Well, I would kind of like to maybe mention, because I am really connected to um, um, sensitive children and uh, how growing up, I was a sensitive child and it was really hard to go through school. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, depression and, 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 um, medications being given. But my point is, is like, I really wanted to just say something about the sensitive children and how, um, they're just highly evolved. Let me lead you into that with a question. Mm -hmm. How do you work with sensitive children? Okay. So actually, my absolute love is to work with 
sensitive children. I work with sensitive adults too, but sensitive children, because I was a sensitive child, especially after my incident, it is so important because I wish I had someone when I was younger to say, those are not all your emotions, or maybe you don't need to fit in. And maybe you don't fit in because you are here to change the world, you know, without having that, you know, I had to find my own way and I did. But now we have so many children being born with abilities that are beyond comprehensive of a lot of adults. So what happens is they're put into the school system or they're trying to fit in and they feel like they are defected. And a lot of times they're told they're de defective because they don't learn the same way or um, they're too emotional or they have anxiety, depression, but they are, they're, they're feeling people, but they're very evolved and they're very tapped into a lot of energies. I love working with the children because most of the time I'm the first person that says, do you know you're gifted? And the moment they're in front of someone who's older that says, I've been where you are. Let me show you how this is a gift. And I give them a couple examples. Instantly, their whole world changes because they were living by the belief that they were defective. But they're not. They're gifted. So now what that does is shifts their energy. And we're very powerful creators. What are you watering? The weeds or the flowers? So we start watering the flowers and that child blossoms in the most beautiful way. I had I have a homeschool group I was working with and um, some of those children are now adults and they're doing amazing things. So if you're a mom or dad listening who has a sensitive child, don't underestimate who they are and the power in acknowledging how special they are. And just after hearing this, maybe you can turn to them and say, you know what, I think you have a gift. You might be an antidepressant, you might be an anxiety medication. I'm not saying, you know, you have to stop any medications if you feel comfortable with it. But what you can do is plant a seed of hope and beauty because it's really who they are. So once we start watering what who they truly are, that's what they need. They're here to change the world. So um, so I help them through many ways. I do um usually it's one-on-one -on -one sessions and I work with the parents too because it's very important to have them involved. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? You know, with so much going on with people personally, there's a lot of shadow work people are doing whether they realize it or not. So what I feel has helped me is when people come to you and let's say they're angry or they blame you, for me, I take a pause and I go to a space of compassion. And that has shifted things uh, for me when I'm struggling with my balance. Because if someone is angry or they're explosive or they're blaming you or they're not being nice to you, you have to acknowledge that that person is suffering and needs compassion. And what that does is it creates a buffer where you don't take on personally what they're going through. It keeps a buffer, a, a buffer of love, really. And you can keep a, a space of understanding. So many times we don't know what's going on in people's personal lives. It's not about letting people, you know, take advantage of you or hurt you. But if you can at least take a pause, breathe into this moment, breathe into this now, 
remember that you both are connected in this space of love and remember moments when you were angry or whatever, and to just have compassion for them. You don't have to say it to them. You can just energetically be like, you're suffering and I I, I just love you. I want to send love. And I, I do love everyone because in my experience, I'm able to see the light in everyone. So just don't, don't jump to conclusions if someone's yelling at you. I feel like right now we're united in a time that's very special and powerful. We have all called forth this experience together. Like that blows my mind that we are all now living in a time where so much change is happening so much it's uncomfortable but here we are so we're powerful souls to be united right now right so don't underestimate the power of your compassion for others because you've got it in you julia thank you for that message and thank you again for being my guest thank you for having me thanks for watching the jeff mara podcast I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.